Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. I wouldn't say we fell in love right away. I think we were, as they call it in the biz, trauma bonding. And then after eight years of being insufferably sober, I started drinking again. Addicts tend to be rather sensitive people. Aren't you Mark Maron? I'm like, yeah. And she goes, what happened to you? It's Anna David here with the Light Hustler podcast. Now, I am going to tell you something that you do not know if you are listening, and that is the very, this is the very first time I am doing a video intro. My friend Paul Culligan, who is a podcast expert, showed me the other day that now on iTunes, the podcast app, you can show video. So um, I'm kind of nervous and I'm making this video and I've already worried that I've bored the um, listeners because you have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, And I'm already 30 seconds in and I'm not going to press re-record because who knows if I lose the desire to do this. Welcome to Light Hustler. It's a podcast about addiction recovery, sharing your dark to find your light. This is one of those uh, episodes where I interview somebody over Facebook Live. If you are watching this on video, I don't think I need to tell you. You are going to see the video. So today we've got Tani Elara. I give her a full introduction once we start, so I'm not going to be redundant. I am going to say, like this podcast, if you've ever gotten anything out of this podcast, you know it, what it would mean to me if you went and reviewed it. Maybe if this video thing actually works, you're going to say how much you like the video. I don't know. It would really, really mean the world to me. Your comments mean everything and it helps more people find this podcast. And with that, I think I'm done talking in this interview. You're going to find out how Tawny started documenting her sobriety for a month one, about her rocker dad, who is also sober, and why she thinks it might make sense to really think it through before sharing your own story. With that, let's get into Tani Laura. Laura. Exactly. Hi. I, I don't know. Live. We were just having such a fun chat that it's, it's, a, it's a shame you can't hear the secrets we're just sharing. <laughs> Hi, I'm here with Tani. Is it Lara or Laura? Laura. La- such it's- a great- it's a Mexican name. It's Lara. Tani Lara. Tani Lara. Oh, my therapist was named Lita, and it was spelled L-Y-R-A. Mm-hmm. Finally, therapy makes sense. Hi, I'm Anna David. I uh, interview people about addiction recovery. I am a New York Times bestselling author of six books about addiction and recovery. And um, and what I'm going to be sober 18 years in a couple weeks. What? You may not even be 18 if you're watching or listening. So if you are watching, go and tell people in your lives. And by in your lives, I mean on Facebook to come and watch because I have a super exciting guest today. She's so cool. Tawny. Now I can say it right. Lara. Yes. Sí. Muy bien. Oui. I speak French. Um, so Tawny. <laughs> 
is amazing. She is going to be, or she is three years sober. She's going to be. Yeah, November 30th. So depending on when you listen to this, yes. She may be sober. She may be three years sober. And I may be 18 years sober because mine is November 19th. Oh, my gosh. We both had, you know, a kind of rocky holidays that year, uh, maybe. Clearly. Yeah. Wow. The pre-holiday. Halloween was a little rough. Is that so? Is that is that Scorpio season? Is that does that t- Sagittarius Scorpio right now? So no, no, because it would be the twenty second. Isn't that when it switches? Is it November twenty second? I think Scorpio is a scary sign. So yeah. your your sobriety is a Scorpio, and then mine was whatever is after this. It's not Sag because Sag just happened. No, you it's got- not. Oh, astrology. This is not an astrology interview, but you wouldn't know that. Um, I just this meme that said, it's funny how one guy, one relationship can ruin a sign for you. And um, I just had that with Scorpio. Mm-hmm. He's saying, um, Rodney is saying that he was 13 when I got sober, which is um, something. That Amazing. 13. No, 13 years old. Yeah, wow. 13 years old. Yeah, that makes him a millennial, I believe. Um, Thanks for hanging out, Rodney. um, Is Lisa, you are a Scorpio yourself? No, I don't believe that. Anyway, let's get into Tawny. She um, She is a writer, a podcaster, a filmmaker. She just had a film at the Real Recovery Film Festival. Um, it has been in two film festivals, and um, and what else? She has a, a blog called Sobriety Party. Sobriety Party. Sobriety Party. That's because she throws events. Sobriety events. Are you hearing an echo? I'm not. Ugh, I am. Um, but okay, there it went away. And okay. she does readings on recovery, and she has a podcast that's new with one of my favorite people on earth, Lisa Smith, author of Girl Walks Out of a Bar. It's called Recovery Rocks. You can get it on iTunes and a number of other places. And um, and we're we get to chat. I'm so excited. This is amazing. I've been looking forward to this. I love it, even if you're just saying that. And I don't believe you. I, I believe you are. You really were looking forward to it only because I have been too. And we have been. So here's the backstory. We started emailing. I first became aware of you maybe a year ago. We started emailing maybe four months ago. Mm-hmm. And then we said, well, you're going to do, I'm going to interview you. Who knows when it will happen. And then, um, and then we're at Recovery Fest, which was this concert a month ago in yeah. Rhode Island. <laughs> okay. I've never um, been to Rhode Island. That was my one and only time. I went once in college and don't remember it. It's a small city. So we're, I'm there and I'm like moving a map a mole and I look to my left and Tawny looks to her right and nothing <laughs> happened. I just go, it, you go, it's you. And I say, it's you. Is that what happened? Yeah, it was something. It was. I think we were both just so in shock where we're like, Holy shit, like of all the thousands of people here and how are you and I right next to each other? We've never met before. We're like, you know, we've talked on Instagram and email and stuff like that, but we've never met. And we happen to be standing right next to each other at the Macklemore concert in Rhode Island. (laughs) You're in L.A. and I'm in New York and we meet in 
<laughs> sort of in the middle, yet not at all in the middle. Not at all. <laughs> but I traveled so much further to meet you than you traveled to meet me. Let's be honest. You're, you're so right. I owe you one. You do. You do. Well, you owe me a trip to LA. What we were talking about before we started recording is that she is going to do um, a sobriety party in LA and I'm going to help her. So look, it, it was an idea five minutes ago. Now it's happening. It's um, written in stone now. It is. It is. Because we have Art, Rodney, Lisa, Richard, and a whole bunch of other witnesses. Um, right. Rodney is admitting that was a crazy place to meet. It really was. <laughs> it really was. An artist pointing out that birthday and sobriety date both in Pisces. Interesting. Um, and Rodney is also making me feel old, but probably not Tawny because he's 31. How old are you, Tawny? I will be 33 in December. So. My Rodney did make you feel old. I get it. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I'm a lot older than Rodney. A lot. So one thing that we did want to talk about, well, first of all, I try to start these interviews off, and I always forget, with three questions. Now, Tawny, what made you want to share your story? I decided to share my story because my sobriety began as a a year-long social experiment, essentially. So my sobriety has always been public. I'm a journalist and I love engaging in experimental journalism where I'm, I'm part of the story, very Hunter S Thompson esque. And um, I decided to quit drinking for a year and I've been documenting it that whole, that whole time. And I I had no idea it was going to turn into a career, into a podcast, into a film, into an interview with you. I mean, like, you know, you can never plan these things, but I, I decided to start sharing because I'm, I just, that's how I am. I'm very social. I don't know, man. So did you start the blog then with your like day one of this social experiment? I started the blog. I was about a month sober mm-hmm. when I, I, I quit drinking for a week and then that week turned into two and then a month. And then I was like, okay, I'm about to be 30. What if my whole 30th year is spent alcohol-free and I document it? So there was maybe four to six weeks that wasn't documented yet. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I bought the domain sobrietyparty.com and the rest is history. What made you decide on that name besides that it's super cute and clever? I wanted something f- clever, something punny. Um, and I couldn't think of a name. And I was at work one day and my friend Sarah bought me some tea for a gift and it just, as soon as I opened it, I, I was like, sobriety, tea, sobriety. This is what the blog is going to be called. It just, it clicked. And I signed up that, that next day, created the Instagram, the Twitter, all of the things. So, and you do have an amazing website. It's super together. It's Tawny Lara. I am a super, uh, uh, Jesus Christ, website snob. I teach in one of my courses, I teach people how to do it. Yours is just perfect. It has all the things. And you know something I love about you is you really own it. The blog posts are pictures of you. I think it is so important to put it out there and to kind of like love ourselves and not go, well, you know, um, to to just, it's such a, it's such a self-loving, confident act. Do you know what I mean? Was that a conscious decision? Thank you for saying those things. That's very, very nice. Um, I mean, not really, no. I just, I felt that it made sense. It's like, if I'm writing about myself, I want a picture to go along with it. And 
when I was drinking heavily during my, my party girl stage, I, uh, I was partying hard for 13 years of my life and I had no shame about it. I posted all of the pictures on Facebook. So I have this arsenal of, of drunken debaucherous photos that I'll use sometimes when I'm blogging because it's, it's perspective. I'm talking about being shit faced. Here's a picture of me being shit faced from 10 years ago. Um, and then I also have a lot of photos from now uh, being, you know, being sober in the city. Yeah, you know, I got sober not just before Facebook, but, you know, before pictures were a thing. So I have like three pictures of me wasted, which is unfortunate when I want to be writing stories that have a lot of before and after. But it's fortunate in that I never, ever, ever had to have um, it. My my drunken Coke adult days documented with pictures that everyone saw. Lisa, who is my virtual assistant, um, says your site is amazing and she knows. So, um, and is Lisa from Texas? How do you know that? Well, her, her picture is a Houston Astros. Yeah. She's really into sports too. It's something I'm from Texas as well. Wait, where are you from? I'm from Waco. Oh, okay. Waco. We all have that one association with Waco. There's some more now, which is fixer upper, which is why we called the documentary fixed up. It was a play on, Let's talk about the documentary. Tell us about it. Yeah. So um, my friend B-Ray and I, she she grew up in Waco and we were both party girls back back home. Um, ironically, we never met, kind of similar to you and I in a weird way. She and I never met. We went to the same high school, had the same circle of friends. We were both, we both knew of each other because we threw great parties and we had good Coke and good drinks and, you know, all this stuff. But we never met. Um and then, but we were social media friends. And then she reached out to me about a year ago and she was like, Hey, we're both sober now. We, we should, we need to do something. Let's you know there's a, a film festival is coming up. Let's make a, a documentary about our story. It's like, okay. So she lived in DC at the time she came over and we, that was the first day we met is the, is what you see in the documentary. It's really interesting. This was a year ago. Yeah. Fast it happened. Yeah, we did it. She did. She is an amazing person. She did all of the editing in like two weeks. It was, it was crazy. We did it all on our phones. Hold on a second. And I feel, I'm so excited to see it, but I haven't seen it. What do you, so, so, so what, what is the journey it's documenting exactly? Yeah. So I'm talking about, me being um, a party girl bartender in Waco, Texas. She's talking about um, being a, when she was a college student in Waco, Texas. Um, and then we both ended up on the East Coast. She was in DC. Now she's in upstate New York. Um, do, she's doing a lot of political work. She's doing a lot of work on the advocacy side where I'm more on the social um, event coordination side. So it's interesting, our lives still are pretty centered around alcohol. It's just, we're not consuming it anymore. And so that's really the angle of the story as well as the whole, you know, we've never met until we made this documentary together. That is amazing. And can people download that anywhere or see it anywhere? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's on my website. It's on tanyalara.com and it's on sobrietyparty.com. And is it free or how? It's free. Yeah. It's on YouTube. You just click, there's a, a documentary tab on both pages. And you can watch it. It's 30 minutes long. 
Amazing. Yeah. So, okay. And so speaking of your multimedia work, let's talk about the podcast because I don't actually know how it came to be. How did it happen? It was quite serendipitous. Um, I knew a podcast was next. I knew that that was something that I needed to do next at some point. But the thought of starting up something else grassroots just exhausted me. I was just like, I, I want to do it, but there's no way I could do another thing from, in, from infancy. Um, so I put that out in the universe. <laughs> I talked to my therapist about it. I talked to friends about it. And then honestly, a week later, Lisa calls me and she's like, do you want to start a podcast? <laughs> and I was like, I was like, yes. I do. Uh, she hired a, an amazing team that's helping her with her branding. And the, he was like, you've got to do start a podcast. She didn't want to do one alone. So she thought of me. And now the two of us together, we we have a weekly podcast where we talk about recovery and rock and roll and living in New York. And it's it's perfect. It's exactly what we wanted it to be. And I'm going to put the name up on the screen. It's Recovery Rocks. How many episodes have you done? Yeah, so um, we've done seven episodes so far. Episode seven just launched today. It's about sober dating. And uh, we have, I think we have 14 for this first season. And we're going to start recording this second season next week. So, Oh, fantastic. And yeah. So sober dating, since Lisa's been married the whole time she's been sober, I think, it, it was she mostly talking to you? Well, no, she was sober for a couple of years before meeting her husband. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, maybe two or three. Don't don't quote me, <laughs> even though I'm promoting the podcast where we talk about it. Yeah, I don't remember. Well, you um, you how long you were sober, and then five minutes later, when I introduced you, I didn't remember. So there we go. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're we're humans. We are humans. It sucks being a human being. Um, so this is what the, I forgot to ask you question number two, what has surprised you the most about sharing your story? What surprised me the most is how, yes, other sober people have connected, but what surprised me the most is that people that are in recovery from other things have connected to my story. And that was essentially the, the inspiration for readings on recovery, the reading series I host where people with eating disorders and sex addiction and gambling and shopping addictions, like all of these other adversities were relating to my story and telling me how me talking about giving up alcohol has helped them with their, their adversity. And I, I began to do a lot of research on learning more about the parallels of all of those things, predominantly eating disorders. Someone very close to me has an eating disorder and went to rehab during my first year of sobriety. And we've been, kind we've been on the same path together realizing that we're really going through the exact same thing um mm. hers is food and mine's alcohol um and so how often do these reading series happen and they're just in new york right currently yeah they're they're in new york so they're we've done five now they're quarterly but we've we've somehow done five in like eight months. <laughs> I don't know how the hell that happened. It's still pretty new. I mean, it launched November of 2017. And in that time, we've done eight. So yeah. And you guys can find out all about all of these things by going to tanilara.com. As we already told you, the website's so good that you can just easily click and find all of these things. Now, 
So, and then what would you tell somebody who is wondering if they should open up and share their story? I'm all about honesty and breaking stigmas and all of the things. I'm also a really big supporter of safety and sanity. Um, if you don't think it's time to share or come out, it was probably not time. Right. Um, I, there's a quote that I love that I, uh, if it's not a hell, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. Yeah. Um, I was actually, I got MC Yogi told me that I was interviewing him a couple years ago and that stuck with me. Um, that, that doesn't apply to everything, of course, but it's like, if even the tiniest part of you, it has some hesitation, don't, don't do it, whatever it is. Right. Have you, um, what if it's somebody who thinks they want to, what would that's you say? That's my dad. Oh, that's so cute. Um, so he's writing in case you're listening to it. That's my girl. Wait, your dad is a serious rocker. I'm looking yeah. at the picture. So let's talk about that. Yeah, he's a rock star. Rock Literal. Star, Literal. He is? Mm -hmm. Who does he play with? Or what don't I know here? Um, My dad is Dave Starr. He he was and is a heavy metal musician, has been my whole life, and the majority of his. Um, in the 80s, he was in a band, a band called Vicious Rumors. Um, now he's in a band with his wife, my stepmom, London. They have a band called Wild Star. And I've just, I've grown up around heavy metal. It's just been part of me. So we should note that she's wearing a Metallica shirt for anyone who can't see that. And so that is why the podcast is called Recovery Rocks, correct? Yeah, exactly. Um, I know that Lisa, when I interviewed John Taylor, almost lost her mind. <laughs> yeah. Really into music, too. Um, what is your favorite Metallica album, Jordan is asking? Oh, favorite Metallica album. That's a good question. My favorite song is One. Mm -hmm. Hands Like, one of my all-time favorite songs is One. Um, I recently had the privilege of chatting with James Hetfield about how he wrote those lyrics. Um, and it was one of my highlights of my whole life, <laughs> being able to, to chat with him about it. And he's, is he sober? He's sober, yeah. And you talked to him because of your day job, which let's talk about that, what you do with students. So I, I do some work with Road Recovery. They're an at-risk, they're an at-risk, they're an NYC nonprofit that helps at-risk youth stay sober or clean, uh, whatever their adversity is, uh, through the power of music. And uh, I, I help with songwriting, some producing, things like that. Um, it's, it's incredibly rewarding. It's, it's, it's so fulfilling. It warms my heart. And um, I get to meet some incredible kids in the process and some incredible musicians that are also sober that help with... Um, help the kids that collaborate on songs like Tom Morello's come in and played some guitar for the kids, Fred Schneider from the B-52s, um, Slash, like all these sober people that are wanting to give back as well. It's great. Have you ever connected with Wes Gear from Corn? I haven't, uh, but that's a good, I will report back to the road recovery fam and see what we can do. Oh yeah. Well, I don't mean to get Lisa, Lisa's a big fan. 
Okay. Okay. He does all of these things. They go into rehabs and they help them write. Oh, great. He was a previous podcast guest. He's amazing. Good to know. So what else have I not asked you that we should be talking about? We could talk about our experience meeting Macklemore. I mean, I know we've been emphasizing a heavy metal situation, and apparently a lot of you are really into heavy metal. But (laughs) So we were lucky enough to, before the Macklemore show, before we actually met, to meet him and take photos with him, something I would say we were both quite excited to do. It, it was a good lesson. Here's what I'm going to say. Like, I had this expectation that he was just going to be so incredibly excited to meet me. We would probably talk. I would probably have him on the podcast. And we would be fast friends. And the truth is, somebody before a show, somebody as big as Macklemore, has a lot more going on than getting so charmed by me. And did you feel similarly? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I totally. I mean, you know, you have these expectations when when meeting someone like that. I've I've learned to drastically lower my expectations, especially in that world. Like, I mean, like I said, growing up in the heavy metal scene, I've like I've been around it and I've just I've learned to appreciate the opportunities for what they are. Yes. Um, but with that being said, of course I still have expectations. I, I was like me and Macklemore are going to be BFFs. He's going to come read at readings on recovery. It's going to be great. <laughs> and, but like, realistically, I know that's probably not going to be, not going to happen, but how cool would it be if it did? I know. I mean, I figure I, I, I randomly met John Taylor and I got him on the podcast. Why not that one? But yeah, I mean, it was a good, it's, it's a really good, cause I of course want to be like, Oh, he's a jerk. No, he's just doing his job. Yeah. And, you know, and on the days people could meet me and, and I got nothing going on compared to Macklemore who would, um, you know, who could say I was a terrible person. Um, and I had, oh, that, that reminds me, I had an interesting thing happen before I ever was a sort of public person. I wrote about meeting an author. All I wanted was to write a book and I met an author at his book party and I wrote basically that he was not a very friendly person. He emailed me. He saw it. He must have read like a Google alert because nobody read my blog. And he said, Hey, I was really stressed out. It was my first book party ever. I'm so sorry you thought I was rude. And I made the decision then I was never going to write something negative about somebody again, because it's this idea that like we're, that, that you become inhumane and you're not going to see it. Have you, I've had people write the meanest things about me and it hurts. Yeah. Uh, you had anybody write something about you? <clears throat> Yeah, I, I of course. I mean, I've been I've been a writer since I was 14. So I've been in I've been in the public eye on some level for mo- most of my I mean, more than half of my life. Uh growing up in Waco, I was writing about controversial political topics from a liberal perspective and um i got a lot of hate mail for it back in the day when the actual hate mail like a, a handwritten hate mail letter i saved all of them um i used to teach zumba and i had a, a youtube channel with choreography i had all these haters telling me how horrible my choreography was and then now like with with sobriety i've had people that like were my drinking buddies back in the day who've said that she's full of shit she wasn't drinking that much <laughs> calling my blog a lie and I'm just like okay yeah 
really know you've made it when you've got some haters. Oh yeah. I love having haters. I honestly, I take it as a compliment. Um, I had a great thing happen, which is somebody wrote me, this was a few months ago. And she said, you send too many newsletters. It's really annoying. And I wrote her back and I said, I'm, I'm sorry you feel that way. That's actually good feedback. And she wrote me back and said, Oh my God, I didn't know you actually read these. I feel so bad. And I wrote her, I was like, that she goes, I was having a bad day. Have you ever yelled at a customer service person because you, you know you were having a bad day? And I was like, I love you. That is so honest. We literally fell in love over email because she wrote me a nasty email. It was really nice. Hey, your dad is calling me smoking. How do you feel about that? Dad, stop. <laughs> he also said earlier, I wanted to wait. He's been 100% clean and sober for 13 and a half years. So what was yeah. that? Was your dad a big inspiration for you to get sober? Um, he's, I mean, my dad's been a big inspiration for a lot of my life. Um, I think, I, I mean, I'm, I'm so passionate about music because of my dad and, and my mom. Like, my mom was his groupie, and, like, that's, that's how they met. Um, but, yeah, that was, that was huge for me. And I think, like, with, with my dad getting sober, our relationship um, has only gotten better. Like, having a father-daughter relationship is with both of us in recovery is such a gift. It's such a blessing. We, we, we're still learning how to communicate, but we're actually communicating now. And it's so beautiful. Um, I love it. Well, we have to start wrapping up. Um, oh, I think that, um, Lisa has a girl crush on you. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) We'll I think that's on you because my dad thinks you're smoking. Oh, oh, Lisa and I have girl crushes on each other. And I think I don't want to be presumptuous, but I think Tawny and I do too. No, no, she doesn't. It's okay. I've had love not reciprocated before. Um, no, I'm shimmying because I love you. Okay, okay, okay. See, listeners couldn't know that. Oh, yeah, I forgot it was a podcast too. Yeah. Yes. Okay. She does love me. There's no shimmying sound. So whatever. (laughs) There's no shimmying emoji even. Um, Now, people who want to find more about you, I hope I have made it clear that you should go to tawnylara.com. You should be listening to her podcast with the ever awesome Lisa Smith. It is called Recovery Rocks. Missy says we're both beautiful souls. So are you, Missy. Um, and, And that's it. Thank you so much, Tawny. Thank you so much, anybody who's here or anybody who's listening. I'll see you soon. Thank you, Anna. Bye.